Hello, everybody, and welcome to Type 2 Take 2 at the Diabetes Podcast, where you get to learn a little bit more about what makes a diabetes person or a diabetic person tick. That could be mood swings, that could be constant rushes to the restroom, it could be insulin injections if they've gotten that far, or it could just be all in all having to change their diet. Here at Type 2 Take 2, you get to experience all of that and then some. This is the podcast where we get to talk about what we go through as diabetics, I being one of them. Hi, I'm Danielle. (laughs) Sorry not to introduce myself. And uh, what we went through and what we go through on the daily when we are and have been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. That can range from the way we feel to the way we react to certain things. Stay tuned as you get to listen to our podcast and... If you have any questions, if you have any ideas, if you have any comments, you can always reach out to us at type2diabetes-take2 at gmail.com. Send us your your story. Let us know what happened to you and how you became diabetic. Or even better, tell us how you've been dealing with diabetes. You will notice that on this podcast, we we do not walk away from embarrassing moments. If we've had an embarrassing moment and we want to talk about it, we do that. So don't be afraid to join in the club. Type 2 diabetes take 2 at gmail.com. Let us know. All right, on with the show. Hello and welcome back to Type 2 Take 2. I am your host, Danielle, and I have a special guest for you today. You will never guess who it is because you probably don't know him. Haha. <laughs> But you will get to know him today, and I'm really excited to introduce you to him. I met him on our Facebook group in the keto uh, in the keto world, and just the, reading his story, I would my jaw dropped. So you have to get to know this man. His name is Alex Miller. Alex is going to tell you a little bit about himself, and then I'm going to grill him like cheese. Okay, so Alex, the floor is yours. Will you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Where you're from? Um, what you do, if you feel like saying so, and uh, yeah, what is your story? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, so, I'm from Hawaii, originally born in California, but I've been living in Hawaii uh, most of my life, uh, and I am a keto coach, so, you know, I lost uh, a tremendous amount of weight. I lost over 200 pounds. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was pre-diabetic, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, sleep apnea, I had chronic tendonitis, gout in my feet, my ankles. Oh, my word. Uh, I had you know, acid reflux. I ate like half a bottle of Tums every single day. Jeez. You know, migraines and headaches, eating, you know, taking Tylenol all day long. Um, like every, every chronic sort of nagging health condition. Oh, my word. So many of us deal with in the modern world. Like I had it. Yeah. So many of the metabolic conditions that plague the modern world, yeah. um, that, you know, so many people are so concerned of, like, dying from in the future. Like, I was afraid I was going to die before I was 35 of a heart attack. Dude. You know, I was afraid I was going to get diabetes, um, that, that I was going to just be sick and yeah. immobile. And I was, I was not even 30 yet, and these were the kinds of things that I just kind of resigned myself to because I'd been so overweight my whole life. Man, oh man. What what just brought like you to that point, Alex? You know, it was the food. It was the food, honestly. Um, and not, not necessarily through a fault of my own, like, 
like I was, I was, um, and you know, I always thought I just don't have any willpower. I have no self-control. I have no discipline. I'm just, I'm just a fat person. Yeah. Just, something <laughs> wrong with me. I'm just bad. I know um, that song. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we, we grew up in a, in a culture and an environment that really pushes food on us. Yeah. And, um, you know, we got some people who doesn't feel like we eat that much differently than they do and they're skinny. And we look at ourselves and gosh, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I just be normal? Yeah, yeah. Being a young guy growing up in Hawaii, um, I was already kind of out of place because um, I'm kind of, uh, <laughs> I don't look like everybody else in Hawaii. You know, so there, was, there was reason enough to pick on me, and I was also like a very heavy kid on top of that. So, you know, yeah. my whole life really lonely, really insecure, so unhappy with my body, and, yeah. and feeling like such a, a weak willed person because of like my relationship to food. Um, so fast forward, like, you know, to, to age 27 or so. Yeah. And well, just to backtrack a little bit, I was, I was disabled. So I was on social security for most of my life, like from the time I was a teenager until actually just a couple of years ago. No kidding. Um, so my, my health was so poor. Like I couldn't work. I could barely be on my feet for longer than like five or 10 minutes without being in pain having to go sit down man um, so i couldn't work and i was like a shut-in like absolute antisocial. i didn't go out i didn't do anything i didn't have the motivation to like you know want to get up and go live life or be around other people it was terrible it was literally a life of misery and depression and like resignation and this is how it is this is who i am and i'm gonna die yeah and like and oh well like I didn't like myself anyway, so that wasn't really a very big deal. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I get that. But how how was your family reacting to that as you were going well, through this? You know, I, th I think it's the same tune for a lot of families where, you know, my mom was really worried sick and was like, Alex, you need to do something. Like, you really need to do something because you're going to have a heart attack. Like, yeah. And she, we both kind of, you know, I'd shrug it off and go, yeah, yeah, like, I'll, I'll figure it out eventually. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll sign up for the gym next month. Like, okay, like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. And the doctors would say, yeah, so your, your weight is pretty high, as I'm sure you know, and, you know, you got to do something about that. So, you know, definitely, um, you know, got to eat better and make sure you exercise. And I was like, yeah, yeah, totally. But it doesn't, like, it doesn't work. It doesn't help. No! <laughs> they can give us all this advice. Eat less and move more. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm thank you. So this was my whole life, um, you know, struggling with it. And of course I tried, you know, I'd sign up for the gym. Yeah. I'd go a couple times. I'd be all motivated and there's a couple pounds. And then, you know, eventually I'd, I'd creep on into the gym with my tail between my legs, like yeah. making excuses like, yep. yeah, sorry, I can't, I can't keep coming because, because I'm moving. Yeah. So what happened that made you change your mind? I'd have to lie because I was so ashamed. Like, oh my word! Here I am, the fat guy who can't who can't work out, and he's he's quitting. Of course, he's quitting. I just want to know how many so excuses you use that I'm moving. I want to know how many times you use that excuse. Yeah. Basically, I was really like resigned to just dying early, just yeah. dying young, and my story was going to end. I was never going to do anything my life yeah i was gonna be a shut-in living on social security like 
not making barely any money, not able to travel, not able to have a car, not able to have like a really fulfilling relationship where yeah. I went out and did things and had fun. You know, it's really miserable. And then one day, just kind of by pure, I guess pure, maybe it was divine intervention, honestly. Yeah. Um, because I was a, a shut-in and I never left my house, I didn't go anywhere. Most most of my time I spent just like watching movies or going on Netflix. Um, yeah. Or, you know, just entertaining myself and trying to escape, really. Yeah. Um, and I stumbled upon this film on Netflix, and I believe it was called Fed Up. Oh. And it was like a documentary about the food industry and what's going on with public health. And I watched this documentary, um, and I thought it was like going to be a food thing. I was like, oh, that's like, yeah, I like food. Yeah. And it just completely changed my world. They went into um, like the cause of obesity, yeah. the, ri- the rise in diabetes, um, the, the, the cause, the reason for metabolic syndrome nice in our society in yes. modern society um and how how it it goes back to the food um, yes. it, it went over you know they're, they're taking they're taking foods and they're dumping sugar mm. those foods to make them more to, to make them taste better yeah to make them more addictive yep. to make them sell better yep and they're extracting the nutritional value out of food so that we get caught in a yo-yo cycle of I'm eating because I'm literally starving and I'm not getting the nutrients I need from the food that the people I'm relying on to feed me are giving to me. Yeah. And the food that I'm eating, which has no nutrition, which is already driving me to overeat to try to get that nutrition that is not available, is also extremely delicious yep. and engineered in a lab to trigger the addictive pathways of my brain, like, like as if it was cocaine. Yeah. And so I really, like, I went from thinking I'm a pathetic person, I'm a disgusting fat slot with no self-control, to oh my god, it's not me. It's just I've been eating the wrong foods and everything changed. And I went from feeling helpless and like I can't do it, so why bother? To just realizing it's just the food. Yes. I can't do this. It's just the food. If I change what I eat, if I like make sugar my enemy. And I, and I simplify it. I don't even worry about working out. It just changed what I need. Yeah. Like, things will change. And so, that was my hypothesis. Um, wow. Like, it's just the food. It's not my willpower. I just have to, like, pick one thing to do. And yeah. Do it. And yeah, so long story short, um, I lost 165 pounds in under a year. I didn't exercise. I yes. didn't get bariatric surgery. I nice. didn't use ketones or fat-burning pills or any of the stupid, you know, marketing stuff. Yeah. I just ate food. I ate yeah. Real food. And not even bland, like, when, when I started off trying to lose weight, um, I, had, I had inspiration before I actually went keto, where I was eating just kind of like, you know, chicken and broccoli and brown rice. Yeah. It was really bland and terrible. Yes. And so, <laughs> I, there. I lost all of that weight. I want, to make, I want to make this point clear. Like, I lost a lot of that weight without, like, starving or dieting or feeling restricted. Yes. Because when I switched over to keto, I started eating gigantic cob salads full of hard-boiled egg and avocado and like really rich delicious food yeah i was eating like steak and eggs for breakfast and i was eating i was eating like dessert yeah like dessert that is amazing that is amazing i think that's really awesome that's like yeah, so 
I struggled with that for so long. Yeah. And I felt so helpless and so powerless and so pathetic. And then one day I realized, wow, it's not that hard. Yeah. I can totally do this. I just have had the wrong, I've been exposed to the wrong things. Yeah. I have not been given the proper education. Right. My mindset and my confidence was not where it needed to be for me to take action. And coaching is a way to bridge the gap for people between where they're stuck and where they want to go, help them develop the confidence and the actual knowledge to take action on. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my passion now is like, I almost died because I didn't know and I didn't believe in myself. And so if I can help, if I can help people to simply know that it is possible, even if they failed a million times in the past, yeah. then I want to make sure that I devote the rest of my life to that because I believe that keto saved me. Yes. That is like so awesome, Alex. That is awesome because I, I, I promise when you said you felt ho- hopeless and helpless and like a lazy slob and I was right there with you. I was on the couch. I don't know if you saw me, but I was, I was next to you eating the chips. You know, it was just, <laughs> you know, I, that's exactly how I felt. And joining the gym, I mean, how many gyms did I join? And then all of a sudden, you know, I found myself also falling out. I, I think I got into debt with memberships from joining gyms because I joined them and then I quit them and I joined them and I quit them. I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it. And come on, girl, you can do it with me. Yeah. And then what, like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was my not being able to uh, see results right away. Or if it was my not being able to just stick with it, or it was definitely the it was definitely the food. I can tell you one thing because I like to eat and I don't like to feel restricted. And <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the weight that I gained um, during the time of uh, not wanting to feel restricted is all because of the the bad mix, the bad mix that we that I ate. You know, the sugars and the carbs, the sugars and the carbs, and the carbs and the sugar, and then you know, bad fats, all of the bad things. And I didn't know because every time I felt bad, I just ate more. And so <laughs> instead of saying, oh, this is bad, I, I picked up another pack. I was like, well, I, you're going to die anyway, so you might as well die enjoying what you're eating. You know, and that's what I've heard a lot through a lot of diabetics. Oh, well, I'm going to die anyway, so I'm going to enjoy eating what I'm, what I'm going to eat and then die happy. And I now coming across and, you know, Eating a eating and living a keto lifestyle for almost two years. September will make it two years. Um, I realized that I didn't have to suffer like that, and I really and the the fact that is the fact is I made myself a victim because there were a lot of things that I knew out of nutrition. And there was a lot of things I studied. Now there were a lot of things I did not know. I did not know that um, eating high fat, good fat, would make me good, would make me feel better. I did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that counting calories was useless. I did not know that because that's what I was doing. I was, okay, if I follow this, I eat this many calories. But dude, I was still hungry.
cut out the, the sugar and the processed food yeah. as much as they can stand. Yeah. Of course, we're finding a balance between like enjoying themselves and having some flexibility. But generally, the only target we actually hold them to is just keep it under 20 carbs. Yeah. Um, I have people who are eating you know, 800 calories and they're like, I'm not hungry at all. If I try to eat, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Like, but I, I have to hit, I have to have 70 more grams of fat today. Is that bad? And I'm like, if you don't eat when you're not hungry, how likely is it that you'll ever struggle with your weight? No. Like, oh, good point. Yeah. Yes. Having that mindset, like, oh, I have to do this perfect, or like, I don't know how to do calories right, so I can't. Well, if you're eating the right foods, it becomes a well. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, that is absolutely true. That is very true. I found myself stuck in a place where I I had to choose between the metformin and the insulin and wanting to, well, eating the way I wanted to eat at the time because I thought that was the only way I could do it. And so in the end, I went back to California about, I want to say two summers ago. I want to say two summers ago because it was definitely before Corona. And um, <laughs> before Corona, like that's going to be the new thing. Oh, it was BC before Corona. Um, but it was definitely before Corona. And I was, I want to say I was at my heaviest. But before I was at my heaviest, I was at my my lightest in my in the scale. And the reason why is because my diabetes caused my body to dump. My diet, I was dumping. And people are like, oh, wow, you're losing weight. That's great. See, all this cycling, it's really working. See, it's all the good Dutch food. No, it wasn't. It was not. I was dying. My body was dying. It was dumping so that way it can survive. I was. I lost so much weight. And at first I thought, oh, okay. But I knew. You see, I have background in, um, in uh, phlebotomy. And that doesn't say anything, but also medical assisting. But I've also worked in caregiving. All of these things have given me the... I don't know. I want to say the rate of the chut, but the 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 actuality and being able to see if something's going on. And I knew it for myself. You can feel it. Sometimes you can feel it. I've had some people say that I can't feel when I'm when I'm ill or I'm sick. But in this in this situation, I felt there was something wrong, and I didn't know what it was. But I knew I was losing weight. I said this is not right because I'm eating the same things. I'm doing the same things. I'm not. It didn't matter how much I was riding a bike. Because it was not working for my body at that point. <laughs> I had to ride a bike to work, from work, from the houses to the next houses, all of those things, you know? And not, those didn't help. That wasn't helping. But what did happen is I lost a lot of weight. My body was sick. So I gained the weight back after I got on medication again because I refused to take it, the metformin. And then I started taking it again. And I got, you know, um, What's that word? Regled. I got uh, regulated. Thank you. <laughs> you didn't say it, but I got a voice in the background. Um, I got regulated in my in my blood sugars. And so when I went to the States, I mean, I was finally off the insulin. I went back to the States to visit. And I was at my heaviest again. And I was so heavy that I had wounded my knee. The wound would not heal. The whole time that I was there, it did not heal. And I thought, wow, this is amazing how crazy it is. I didn't think too much of it. I just thought, wow, I can't get up. People are helping me off the couch. I'm getting pushed off the couch. I'm having to pull myself up the stairs. 
what is going on? So finally, when I got back, I had to make a choice too. I said, you know, but the choice didn't come just right off the bat. I wasn't thinking, okay, this is it. No, I went to the dietitian because I finally went to my one of my other appointments. She said, what is wrong? You are dying. You're in danger. What do you mean I'm in danger? Please. Yeah. Lose weight exercise. Remember? <laughs> you right. <laughs> but that doesn't work, especially if you're not doing those things either. If you're if you're fighting the system, if you're completely bucking the system, you're not trying at all, then I mean, it's, you can't expect to see anything good happen, right? So <laughs> When I when I finally um, when I finally did take her serious and I did understand she was serious, I got to take these glasses off. They keep sliding off my nose. Um, I realized that um, yeah, I am dying. And so I went online and I didn't have a community at the time because I didn't know what to do. I found West Shoemaker. Have you have you seen High Food and Low Carb? I have. Okay. I found him. And that's where it started. I wasn't in, intentionally on purpose looking for keto, but I love cooking shows. That's my thing. I love cooking shows. Those are I can watch them all day long. People get tired of me because I can watch them all day long. I watched him and I saw, wow, this guy is trying something weird. Okay, let's see. And I just laughed at it. My family laughed at it. And then one day I said, I'm going to try that. I'm going to do that. And for how long? <laughs> you know, here it is now, a year and a half. Well, actually, it's a year and some because, like I said, it'll be in September. It'll be two years. And that diabetes, that the helplessness that I felt like you were talking about, that sickness that I felt like you were talking about, that, and even the 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 wretchedness, wretchedness, because I felt wretched. Oh my gosh, I felt so disgusted with myself. Like, how can you do this? How can because I was never, I want to say I was never fit. Never, never fit. But I always had somewhat of a nice silhouette. And then I said, okay, well, it comes with age. You know, you get age. That's what they used to tell us. You know, oh, when a woman gets married, she gets fat because she's happy. <laughs> have you ever heard that? Yeah, I think it probably happens to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> you get yeah, to get comfortable. It's not like you can, I mean, golly, what a woman. And then they say woman. I've never heard them say a man, but I'm just glad you said that. But since <laughs> so now, now that you're at this point, because you are a coach now and you are coaching people and you are, you're pushing them off of that, off of that hamster wheel. And I probably not pushing, but you're doing a lot of encouraging, which I think is super awesome. Where, where do you go from here? When, when did you realize firstly, when did you realize firstly that, um, even with that documentary, was it right away that you said, oh, yes, this is it? Or did it did it take some time to sink in? Because, you know, sometimes it's a mental thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for me, that was kind of like, seeing that movie opened my eyes to reality. Yeah. And I was like, okay, the, the, food, the food is messed up. Yeah. It's not that I don't, it's not that I'm really overweight and I can't exercise anymore because I've gotten too fat and now I, I can never lose weight. I cannot use the exercise as an excuse. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the food. Good. And so I, I, didn't, I didn't quite know enough at that point, but I was uncomfortable enough with, like I couldn't, I couldn't keep doing what I was doing entirely and reconcile like my integrity because it was like, 
I could sit there and binge eat on sugar and be like, whatever, I don't care. I have no self-control anyway. Yeah. And I could justify it to myself. But knowing knowing that basically, like, if I put this in my body, it's a choice. And there are going to be consequences. Um, and then, you know, there's another conversation around the addictive qualities of that. And it is really, really hard to break away from eating certain foods. Yeah. Um, so I do respect that. But at the same time, it's like I knew in my head that it was a food. And so that empowered me to be like, okay, well, I have to address that. Um, so I didn't find keto right away. But that was the point where I really started to kind of change my priorities. And so at the time, I was living with, um, with my, uh, my girlfriend at the time. And she was very, she was very comfortable with her weight. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she was, um, she was definitely pretty big herself. Um, and you know, she really liked going to fast food every night. Our thing was like, she'd come home from work, pick me up, and go to Taco Bell, come back home, and just like sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I kind of saw that movie, and I got inspired. I was like, like, babe, can we like start meal prepping? Can we start eating? Can we do like I don't know, chicken and broccoli, like? Because I think, I think one of the one of the things that really stood out to me actually, I forget if they specifically talked about Taco Bell, but in the movie, they said they say, yeah, so we think that bread is healthy, and they tell us like these are good foods, but are they when you consider that like every product is packed full of sugar? Yeah. So I start to think like I'm not eating like bread and meat and cheese when I eat a burrito. I'm eating like sugar. Yeah. Sugar. Hey, so that's good. Yeah. So I to really see that I cannot eat this Like I knew it was unhealthy, but I didn't realize how bad it was. Yeah. Like, it's not just that there was a lot of calories. It's like I'm literally just eating candy bars for dinner. Yeah. I'm expecting that to keep full. That was never full. Right? Um, so once I kind of figured out the food thing, I started to challenge that. I didn't go keto right away, but I was like, okay, no more fast food. Yeah. I need to. Uh, I need to eat. To eat different, so I, you know, I started really small. It was like, okay, well, let's do like chicken with, um, let's do like fajitas and you know, make some vegetables in the fridge. That way, we have them on hand. It's all chopped and ready to go. Um, and this was a couple. This was a couple years ago. This was like back in two thousand. I guess this was back in two thousand seventeen. So that game Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so that had just come out, and everybody was like walking around with their phones. Yeah. So that was my inspiration to be active. So I didn't want to go to the gym. I was really self-conscious. I didn't have the energy. It was painful to be on my feet. But I was like, okay, let me go for like a 15-minute walk in the evening before bed. And I'm just going to like look for some Pokemon. There you go. And then it gave me a really, like gave me an excuse to get out of the house that wasn't, because exercise isn't motivating. No. We think of it as a chore. Right. But an activity, like, yeah, I want to go play, I want to go play and catch Pokemon. Like, that sounds fun. Yeah. Or I want to be able to go play with my kids. Yes. Yeah. And then I went back to the food, you 
you know, I kind of, I was drinking a lot and I was just eating whatever. Yeah. I ate a lot of fast food. It was your comfort zone. That was, exactly, that was very much my comfort zone. And, you know, kind of that old voice came back and was like, you're pathetic, you can't control yourself, Mm. you're just going to die of that alone. Yeah. Um, You know, definitely a lot of that personal stuff coming back to my mind. Um, And so, you know, my, I probably, I probably didn't gain weight at that point. I think I actually lost weight because I did know a little bit more. It wasn't all fast food. It was like I was trying to find some balance, but I was still eating like chicken nuggets, like all this junk, right? And I was drinking a ton of soda. Like, so you're trying to save like, yourself a little. A little, like a little bit. But <laughs> like, I, I knew a little bit was going to help, but I wasn't really applying it. Yes. And the big one was soda. It's probably the only exercise I really got was once in a while I'd like go up to the gas station and buy a bunch of, I'd, I'd get my fix for the night, you know, I'd have like gummy, gummy worms big giant Mountain Dew or something like that. Oh, man. <laughs> Mountain Dew. Okay. Yeah, that, that was my that liquid was my crack. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so, I, Yes. Exactly. It doesn't know what to do with processed junk, but it knows what to do with, with protein and vegetables. That's um, right. Now give us a second, Alex. We're going to be right back. We need to take a, a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. I hope you guys are staying tuned because this is awesome.
Hello, everybody, and welcome to Type 2 Take 2. Looking for some low-carb inspiration? Trying to figure out how you can make your diet work for you? Well, check us out at theluckystove.com, where you can find plenty of recipes that may tickle your fancy and your taste buds. Also, be sure to email us at type2diabetes.take2 at gmail.com. The link, will, the link will be down below. So that way you can let us know your story. Let us know if you are interested in being interviewed or if you just want to give a little uh, description of what has happened in your diabetic and or hormonally changed because of food life. We are here for you and so are the listeners. We'd love to hear from you. So please type 2diabetes take 2 at gmail.com. And again, the website for low carb recipe inspiration is theluckystove.com. Also, feel free to uh, wave or share this podcast and or tag us on Instagram at type2take2. Let us know you're listening. All right, on to the show. Thank you so very much for listening to that advertisement. If it came through this time, if it didn't, well, you got some silence for a moment. But we are back, Alex and I, and during the break, we were discussing how food has, you know, played its role and how we've been introduced to things, not because uh, out of love, well, not with love from the industry, of course. Our parents loved us enough to feed us. They didn't realize that we were being poisoned because they were given this idea that they were helping us. Am I right, Alex? Did I, did I, did I, did I sum that up pretty well? Or, you know? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, the, the education just isn't quite there. And yeah. As, as kids and as teenagers and as adults, we're exposed to a society that, you know, we, we use food as a celebration. We yeah. use food to connect socially. Yeah. We use food to say I love you. Mm-hmm. So we use food for comfort. You know, we have a, a very, we have a very dangerous relationship. Yeah. Because it's not just for fuel. Right. Like the human body, food is just fuel. Yeah. It, it, the, the body doesn't know the emotion. Right. That's, <laughs> that's, that's good. Like a social construct. We decided that food is, you know, and there are reasons for that. It makes us feel good. You know, like there, there are totally valid reasons for why food is enjoyable and why we've associated it with those things. Um, but, you know, using food in the way that we do um, can be really damaging. And we were talking how, you know, like our moms and dads love us. They want us to be happy. They want us to be healthy. They yeah. want us to, they want us to, you know, they want to provide us with food that we like and we enjoy. They don't want to take that away from us. Right. But they don't, they don't know, like, that the hamburger helper that feeds a whole family in 15 minutes is you know contributing to to the, the poor health in our families. That's right. It's it's um you know they they, they know that you know it's obviously not as health, healthy as a salad, but right. they they just think it's like a whole filling meal that they can provide for for their family and their kids will eat it. They won't fuss, and so it's it's really hard to extract ourselves a lot of the time from that food. Yes, um, and that's definitely how it was for me for a long time. Yeah. Um, as a coach, a lot of what I do with people is it's not about telling them like you can't have this or you're wrong and you know it's it's kind of about helping them to see what their options are and helping them to challenge the old stories because 
you know, to say, to say, oh, I, I could never give up that food because I grew up with it and, you know, I would be sad if I gave it up. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, but like, what if you did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, yeah, you just haven't yet. Yeah. Like, what if you did? Like, what if, what, did? if this was the one thing that was causing you to be obese and insecure and sick and have no energy and no confidence in yourself and you gave it up, like, would it be worth it? And okay. it changes the tone. It's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And so, but you know, the story is very linked. It's like, it's so hard for people to see themselves changing. Yeah. And it's, unfortunate because we don't have to be deprived and miserable and taking out all the food. Exactly. You, know, you can eat pizza. You can eat um, pasta. There's, you can eat ice cream. There's yeah. all these, these comfort foods and these, these social foods that we like. We just have to be, we have to make different choices. We have to use alternatives, but yeah. it's possible. And yeah. I think that um, when we can, we, we can accept that there are consequences to eating food. Yes. Positive and negative. Yes. We get to make choices about that. Once yeah. we have the education, the knowledge, we can make um, we can make choices in accordance with what our goal is. So if our goal is to like lose weight and be healthy, we should make those choices. Yes. If our goal is just to be comfortable and to, to have the convenience of being able to eat at a, at a, a movie theater where they might not have low carb options. Right. Well, you can have that convenience and the diabetes. And yes. The low <laughs> and the weight gain. Yeah. Whatever else might be associated. Yeah, everything so else that you didn't pay for, but you're gonna, you didn't bargain for, but you're definitely gonna pay for. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, um, just kind of seeing, seeing the options and opening your eyes. And I was talking a little bit before, like, it took me a while to come around to that because you know, I moved back to Hawaii. Yeah. Kind of went back to the food, and then I found, I found keto, and it just, it totally changed everything. It was like, okay, I cut out the sugar. Yeah. But I also add the fat. I add the protein. I have meat and vegetables. Like, I kind of had an 80-20 rule. It was like, mm -hmm. let me just make this simple. 80% yeah. of my food is meat and vegetables. I don't have to overthink it. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple servings a day of something something else that's a little bit of variety. So maybe I have some peanut butter and, like, a chocolate protein shake. I'll yeah. blend that up. Nice. Mm -hmm. like a smoothie. That'll be my dessert. Or Sounds delicious. Have some, like, pickles and some olives, something kind of snacky. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I just found options and I made it easy for myself. Yeah, it became became a, a way of eating that it wasn't a diet. It was just like, these are the foods that aren't, aren't going to make me fat sick anymore. And so yeah. this is what I choose to eat. So was it such a, was it such an easy, I don't want to say easy because I don't think it's all, it's ever easy, but was it such a, a quick mental switch? Because you went from pretty much low, low, low calorie, uh, chicken breast and broccoli, were you saying, and brown rice? And then yeah, you went. Yeah. So you like kind of like jumped on the pendulum and swung all the way over. So <laughs> was it was that a shock to you in, in starting that or were you just like, well, this is what it is? Yeah, you know, I honestly don't even remember if there was much of a transition period, if it was difficult, if it was weird. I think I think at that point I was so ready and the light bulb went from dim to like like flashing, blinding light, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, Keto, keto takes out so it was like keto takes out the problem, which is the sugar. Yeah, yeah. And it adds in the solution, which is actual nutrition that the body is craving and getting denied. Yeah. The food we've been eating has like not, none of that in it. Exactly. So it was just it clicked with me. It was, okay, this is the perfect solution, and it 
and I don't know what insulin really does. I don't, um, I don't know what the difference is between omega three and omega six. Yeah, but yeah. I can eat meat and vegetables. Yes. I don't have to. I don't have to stop drinking diet soda. I can do that. Yes. 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 I mean, did that ever make you think, man, I mean, because I, that's what I would do, because I'm the one that beats myself up. Even if I'm doing great, I'm going to beat myself up. When I when I realized how quickly things had gone away, I was so angry at myself <laughs> for not doing it sooner. <laughs> was that was that you? Was that your experience? Yes. It's not like the gym where I couldn't I couldn't see myself like doing that to lose two hundred pounds. Yeah. Like I can't see myself doing two hours of cardio. That's I used to think that it, that exercise and burning calories was the solution. Right. It's like not only is it not the solution, it's like the problem. Yes. <laughs> dieting, dieting doesn't stop you from being fat. No. Because that's how I felt too, honestly. That's how I felt. And it's crazy because, like I said, I was not thick. And when I got thick, I got fat. It wasn't It wasn't just, uh, it started out of college. Oh, freshman 15? No, it was the sophomore 15, 20, 30. It was never the freshman. I thought I was. it was never going to happen to me. But when I finally got out of college and I got back, I said to myself, okay, well, great. You, you gained this much amount of weight. Fine. You know, I, I think I was almost at 300 pounds. I'm 5'10". Um, 
And according to the bone density chart, which I've never had a DEXA scan, but according to the bone, uh, the wrist, the, the wrist, whatever, you, you uh, measure your wrist and it tells you if you have a big, if you're big bone, small bone or large bone, whatever, medium, medium sized bone. But according to that, I'm not supposed to be that weight. <laughs> so in any, in any case, when I, when I, when I lost, when I when I gained all that weight and then I lost all that weight, I was very disappointed with myself. But then I realized, and and I'm hearing this now, um, in your in your voice. But I know that you have you have a um, an upswing coming. I I think we had to because there is probably more healing outside of just the um, outside of the weight that needed to occur, and if we were where we should have should have been quote unquote at the time i don't think that we probably we probably would have ignored those things that were on the inside instead of being so introspective because i i see you to be an introspective person and i mean i don't know you you guys i don't know him like we we met on facebook and i just really was very proud to 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 read his story and to see how he interacts with people and i see how you interact with people i I, I mean, I, I don't say much because normally I don't have enough. To, I don't have much to say, or sometimes I just feel like I'm an imposter. Like, oh, well, what am I going to say? You know, I'm just, I'm just doing the do. You know, I'm not. It's not like I've, I'm, I'm not Leanne Vogel or Jimmy Moore. So you know, <laughs> and so I'm like, what am I going to say? But I, I see you, and I see others, but I see you, and you, and you're always encourage. I see how you're encouraging. You're like, well, it may not be the best, but if it fits your fits your goals, so I think that you may have had to go through a lot of that just to um, just to get to a point of uh, compassion for other people. What do you think? Yeah. I, I kind of have like a little bit of a, a spiritual take on that. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, my, my belief is I had a certain, I had a certain trial that I needed to go through. Mm -hmm. I had certain pains that I needed to sit with. Yeah, um, I had I had a reckoning that I had to face and rise to. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't actually do that for me. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't for me. That was that challenge was the opportunity for me to find my purpose. Mm. Overcoming that was it was like. It was like I was put on the anvil, yeah. and I was tempered so that I could be, I could be of service to others. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's dramatic, but I'm a dramatic person. Hey, no. <laughs> a weapon wielded like forged in fire. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and, and it. Yes. So, so I went through all of that stuff so that I could learn what it's like to go through that stuff. Yeah. So Yes, yes. We all have our purposes. We all have a purpose. Whether we see it right in front of our face or sometimes we have to walk through it and look back and then we can see it as we're already doing it because we already got we've got we've been pruned and and, and trimmed to it. But in, in any situation, oh man, that's good. That's really good, man, Alex. <laughs> I got my head scratching. <laughs> Um, 
oh yeah, like I want to look good. I want to look good naked. I just want to look like good size or whatever. It's not as, as shallow as a lot of people might assume. Right. Yes. 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 Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's really good because it's, I, that's what I was explaining to my daughter. I said, you know, she said, well, what are you looking for? What do you want to do? What, what is your goal? And I said, well, I want to help people from the root all the way up. You know, I want them to, not, I don't, I said, I don't care about quote unquote weight loss because I mean, the, or looking cute or whatever, you know, it's not about, I said, it's about the illnesses, it's about the sicknesses, it's about the things that drag them down, that that's what I want to help them with. I don't want to help people, who, I, not that I don't want to help people who are not sick, because I mean, you <laughs> I really want to get to the root of the people who are, who are desperate and, and, and the, I, I wanted to say von Hoppach, uh, uh, that's exactly the same thing, desperate, you know, they're just not, um, they don't, feel like there's any other option, no other door. So the fact that you are doing that and and helping so many people, now I've got to ask you, do you have space available? Because when people hear this, I'm pretty sure they, they hear your heart and they're going to want some help. Um, do you have space available in your in your practice for, for more clients? Uh, yeah, it, it kind of really depends on, on what people need. Yeah. Like the amount of time we're going to spend together Kind of the, the nature of the work that we do is really, you know, everybody's unique. So yeah. um, I just set up a couple free consultation calls, talk to people, yeah. see where they're at. You know, some people aren't really a good fit for what I do. Yeah. They, you know, maybe they just need help figuring out, um, you know, like what food is keto, and I can send them in, like a YouTube video. Yeah. People, <laughs> like they, they recognize that information is useless without implementation. Yes. And they don't know how to implement these things in their life, and it's a lot. It's they don't just need a meal plan. They need to understand like how to change their habits and how to change their, their thought processes at a deeper level. So um, for the people that, that are kind of 
in that position where they're really ready to, to change those things. Um, yeah, I, I, it's hard to say about my time because you know, sure. some people might need a lot more time than others. Yeah. Um, I, I try to keep a very small small practice where it's really just people that need a lot of help. Um, I don't do like group programs or anything like that. So okay. It allows me to, to really focus like a high, highly personal connected coaching relationship with people. So nice. If anybody's interested and does want to talk, like, yeah, feel free to, to you know, add me on Facebook, um, send me an email. You know, we can talk and see if it's appropriate for you. Good. And with that being said, because I'm not done with it yet, but I do want to make sure that it gets out there. <laughs> where, where can people uh, reach out to you? Um, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so on Facebook, I'm uh, Alex Miller. It's, uh, I forgot the link. I think uh, I'm like Alex Miller 808. Okay, and I will put this I, on the show notes too, guys. So that way you can you can click on it and reach, uh, reach out to him. Yeah, so my personal profile is Alex Miller 808. And, you know, you can send me a friend request. I'll, I'll say hi. I'll, I'll ask you where you, where you found me. But yeah, he's very friendly that I, way. I don't know, I'm really freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, you know, my email is uh, ketocoachalex.com. If anybody wants to get in touch, you know, you can share your story. Let me know what's on your mind. And, you know, see if I can point you in the right direction or if you want to set up a time to, to have kind of a one-on-one conversation. All right, you guys hear that. I hope you do because, you see, Alex is stateside and... I mean, he's stateside, but not <laughs> because he's in Hawaii. <laughs> so yes, but no. But there, just so you know that there, there's help all around. Because I, you may be saying, well, why are you promoting somebody who's a keto coach? Aren't you a keto coach? Okay, yeah, fine. But I'm in the Netherlands, guys, and I want you to be able to have proper care. <laughs> now, if you don't mind being texted at two in the morning, <laughs> how are you now? How are your macros? then that's something different. But just so that people know that, you know, there's someone that is nearby who can take care of you, watch over you. Alex, Alex seems like a, I, I have to say, he seems like a good shepherd. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's Jesus. I'm just saying he seems like a good shepherd. He's going to watch over you guys. He's going to take, help you guys find uh, your way through. And just hearing his, I don't know if you got out of this, but I did just hearing his story. You can obviously tell that he has a heart for what he's doing. and because he's gone through it, he can see signs too. You probably can't pull the wool over his eyes too easily. Am I right, Alex? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you know, people, people come to me thinking I'm just going to tell them what to eat. Yeah. And uh, a lot more than that, it's helping people uncover the, the lies they tell themselves. Yes! Uh, it's a very, it's, coaching isn't, isn't a comfortable thing. You yeah. really learn some things about yourself and you, really, you don't really have much of a choice to change. Kind of like I mentioned, um, once you know what it's doing to you to eat that way, or once you know what you're doing to yourself, when you get that perspective of the excuses you're making or the lies you're telling yourself or the ways that you're you're not in integrity with what you say you want, um, it's pretty much impossible to fail. That is beautiful. I hope you guys got that. You know, I usually ask somebody for an encouraging word before we go, and... I really hope that you got that because that's really important. Once you stop lying to yourself, you can go forward because I know I was lying to myself. Uh, hardcore. I mean, I was the biggest liar. <laughs> Satan had nothing on me. But <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Oh my gosh. Once we overcome, we realize there was never any 
That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Like, wow. That's good. That's good. It's not a lack of ability. It may just be a lack of strategy. You guys, that's really good. I, I, I'm gonna find this clip and I'm gonna and I'm going to repeat it again <laughs> because you guys need to hear this. This is a very important. I, I. This is this is not to recruit you to be. Paleo, it's not to it's, it's to recruit you to have good health, and where you find your good health is where you find your good health. But man, the best health I've found is is through keto. I have to be honest. But what I want for you all is to know is that okay, it may not be for, keto may not be for everybody. But if you don't know because you never tried, then maybe you should, and then maybe you'll find that you are healthier than where you ever were just like Alex was just like I am. I've never been so healthy in my life. And I, I was in PE. <laughs> that sounds stupid to say, but I was in PE in school and I was never, I was not even that healthy as I am now. So that makes me excited, but I have one more question for Alex. And I think it's rolling around in his head now. And this is something that maybe you guys can lock in to your, to your uh, recipe cards. Alex, a favorite recipe that you use that you enjoy? Yeah, so something that I actually um, had recently uh, is really good. It's, it's delicious. And I do this when um, I do this with people when we do the egg fast, uh, which is one of the protocols that we can do in keto to kind of, uh, it's kind of, kind of like a combination of a, a reset uh, and a fast. Nice. Uh, basically, you just eat a lot of eggs. Eat a lot of eggs. Eat a lot of fat. But um, the dessert in this menu for this protocol that I work with people on um, is vanilla cheesecake, and uh, it's basically just fat, and it's really, really tasty, and it's just a couple ingredients. So um, basically, it's a little bit of cream cheese. Yeah. Uh, about an ounce of cream cheese. Um, it's a tablespoon of butter. Uh, tablespoon of coconut oil. Okay. About a quarter teaspoon of vanilla extract. Um, you melt the cream cheese, the butter, the coconut oil, um, vanilla extract, stir all the ingredients together, all melted up, and then you just put it in the in the freezer, let it solidify, and then uh, once it's at the right consistency, you just eat it with a spoon, and it's, it tastes like vanilla cheesecake. And Cut it out. Cut it out. And yeah, you didn't mention one drop of sugar. Now I know in the keto realm we don't bother with sugar, but you didn't even mention erythritol. You don't. You didn't mention xylitol. You didn't mention stevia. Nothing. So you just eat it straight out. Yeah. 
extract um, and the coconut oil. There's the natural sweetness. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it's um, you know, it's kind of kind of kind of dense. It's very rich. Yeah. Um, Did you hear that? Because that's what we're making. I had to throw that out there because we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have to have some of that. That sounds delicious. That sounds really good. Now I know I know my household. They're gonna be looking for the xylitol or the erythritol, but. but <laughs> Okay, yeah, that was weird, but we are back. We got a we had a little interruption, but Alex just kicked out a really awesome sounding dessert, and I hope you all took notes because it's so simple that a child can do it. And as a matter of fact, my teenage child, I think I'm going to have her do it. <laughs> Alex, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. I really hope that not only uh, not only do not only does your word reach out to other people because it reached out to me and it touched me and I'm, I'm already in a, in a place where I can look back and say, I'm, I'm, I'm not good, but I'm way better. And that it touched me is, is amazing. It's beautiful because a lot of people don't realize that they can still, you said you were over 400 pounds. Yeah. yeah definitely over 400 pounds. You guys, it was over 400 pounds. And because he chose to live his life, to love his life just a little bit more than he was loving it before, he made a change. And we can make a change. And diabetes does not have to be the end-all, be-all. Your, your, your hormones, your, all of those things that are, are standing in your way, they do not have to be your end-all or be-all. Those things that are making you sick, making you tired, making you depressed. All those food-related issues, problems, hormonal issues, problems, all those things that you think that can be swallowed away. Because I remember I ate my problems. I ate them. And then I went back for seconds because the first problems made me sad. You guys, you can do it. You can do it. And I just, I just want to encourage you to not give up. Do not give up. Don't say it's too hard because it's never too hard. What was that that you said, um, Alex, about... Um, about it being uh, about not giving up. Say it again, friend. Not, not sure which which one you meant exactly. Maybe the one. Uh, it's not about a, a lack of ability. It yes. Might just be a lack of yes. Yeah. It's not about a lack of ability. You can do it. You have to be willing to do it. Mindset. You help, you help a lot with mindset. I can, I hear it in the way you talk to me about how you uh, work with your, with your clients. You guys give Alex a shout out again, show, uh, throw out your email address one more time, Alex. Yeah, it's just okay. And you can also find him on Facebook. Get, give him a friend request. That's uh, Alex Miller 808. Was it? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> no, that makes sense. At Facebook, but I'm going to be listing these on the on the show notes so that way you can reach out to him. You guys, if you need help and if you're a good fit, because he'll he'll help you if you're a good fit, because he doesn't want to waste your time, and I think that's only fair. Give him a shout out, or even just throw say hey, thanks for getting on the show and sharing your heart. Because uh, seriously, it's amazing when people are willing to tell about themselves. It's not always easy to say things that you're embarrassed of or you've been humiliated of. Alex bore his heart. Alex bore his heart. And I think that's amazing. So 
Thank you so much for joining us here at the Lucky at the Lucky Stove. Now I'm talking to you about my website. If you want any web, if you want any recipes outside of Alex's, you can check it out at theluckystove.com. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining us at Type Two Take Two, and we'll be glad to hear from you. Give him a shout out, please. Okay. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thank you very much for joining us at Type 2 Take 2. This is Danielle once again, just encouraging you to share your story. Don't forget to share your story. There are too many people out there who think that they are alone. And why not? Why not be the voice of reason? Why not be the voice of hope? the light that shines in the darkness. You can do it. I can do it. We can do it. Now keep in mind that we are not doctors and any interviewees that I have on the podcast are relaying their own story and experiences. Therefore, we are, like I said, we are not doctors and we do not play them on TV. Be sure to always seek the supervision of your doctor. Anytime you make any uh, health changes concerning your medication and or eating pattern. Thank you very much once again for joining us at Type 2 Take 2, and we will hear from you and see you next time.